You are listening to the Leadership Vision Podcast, where we share our expertise in the discovery, practice, and implementation of a strengths-based approach to people, teams, and culture. For more resources about developing your strengths, the strengths of your team, or the strengths of your entire organization, visit us on the web at leadershipvisionconsulting.com. Hello, everyone. My name is Nathan Freeberg. And I'm Linda Schubring. Hello, Linda. How are you today? I am great. Thank you. Fantastic. I'm excited about the podcast today because we are sharing about the adaptive capacities of some of our favorite people, part of Generation Z. A few weeks ago, Brian, Linda, and I hopped on a Zoom call to talk with seven college-age students about what they are going through right now. That's right. It was so great to hear their voices and their stories. And these students are so precious to Brian and me in particular because one of them is our daughter. And um, we are missing a bunch of her friends sitting at our table and chatting about life. Uh, they, they've renamed our kitchen table the Strengths Table because it's a place that we... <laughs> I yeah, love that. I love it. Right? Uh, it's a place that we gather to eat and to talk about people's strengths. And not because we named it that, but because, you know, the conversation often goes that way. Like, what strength is this? And what about that? And, and then it kind of moves to life and wisdom and ways to really get to know each other better. And you know what? Our table often seats influencers. And why? Because Camila has always attracted people of influence, movers and shakers. And she went off to college and then she continued to bring these incredible young people into our life. Um, but they have navigated so much as, it, as, as they have had to leave college or, and um, their world has kind of been upended. Yeah, college students are great. And funny side note, Linda and I actually met when I was a college student. Right? What is right? it? 20, uh, 22 years ago now? Yep. Long time. Uh, I, I feel old, Linda. We we kind of are old. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, moving on. I still really enjoy talking with college students any chance I get. And it just brings back a lot of lovely memories from those college days. Right. I, I do, too. And although my collegiate work was mostly with millennials and partly was probably because it was like, I'm going to need a job from you someday. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then, you know, when um, when we were starting to study, you know, Generation Z in a different way and Camila was a part of that, you know, my focus has shifted. Yeah. Generation Z, I've heard of that. When I worked in higher ed, I was more focused on millennials, but tell us a little bit more about Gen Z, Linda. Yeah. Generation Z is the generation born between 1996 and 2010. And they're very similar to the millennials, but they're also very different. You know, they're the ones dreaming about life after high school, or they're in university right now, or just graduated from college, or are basically in the first phase of adulting. <laughs> ah, yes, that's great. And I've heard that Gen Zers are the ones who are going to lead us into life after this pandemic. Is that right? Yeah, I, well, I really think so. You know, I read a book uh, recently called The Gen Z Effect, hmm. and it's written by a guy named Tom and... Dan, somebody. And one of the things that they said that I loved was no other generation in the history of mankind has had the ability to connect every human being on the planet to each other and in the process to provide the opportunity for each person to be fully educated, socially and economically engaged. It's affected every generation. You know, grandparents are now on devices. They never thought they would would do that. And your little kids are on devices, right? Yeah, it's, it's amazing. My three-year-olds can navigate the iPad better than my mom, <laughs> the boomer, yep. which is kind of great. So today we're going to share this conversation with how these 
seven college-age students, Gen Zers, are dealing with this pandemic. We'll be talking about how their strengths are showing up, how they're adapting, and how they are making sense of their new realities. So enjoy the episode. Okay, so after a whole lot of banter, Brian, Linda, and I asked these students how they're doing, specifically around getting sent home. Now, if, Linda, if you could for a moment, I know it's been a while, but just think back to your college experience, okay? Mm -hmm. Now imagine that experience without any of the social aspects to it. You couldn't, you can't go out to eat with your friends, no getting together for, you know, late night movies, studying together, grabbing coffee. It's all gone in an instant, poof. I know we're all going through that to a certain degree right now, but when you're a 20-year-old, having recently been introduced to this level of freedom and independence, moving out of your parents' house, moving maybe into a residence hall or your own apartment, well, going back to living with your parents, that's less than ideal. Yes, and each one of these students, each one of these young people expressed that in some different ways. And it it was heartbreaking, but it was also, you know, giving some reality to what what their situation was. Savannah is one of the few resident assistants in this group. There's a few of them. Um, And she said this. I am, well, was, am (laughs) a resident assistant for a floor of 23 freshman girls. And so, I don't know, I felt when I got the news that I got, I just felt like a lot of emotional baggage Um, for these girls because I didn't I was just so frustrated for them because I'm like you don't Mm. know what freshman year feels like a normal freshman year feels like because it was ended a quarter of the time early and so that was just extremely difficult it was so hard because I'm so goal oriented and I was putting relational goals on um, some relationships with these girls and I was like man the girls I haven't really connected with I really want to connect with them Judd, who is also an RA, he added that it wasn't like students leaving for Christmas or spring break. It definitely wasn't like a a holiday. Uh, Everybody kind of moved out at different times. So they had a span of two weeks where we could check out. and, And like as RAs, we weren't checking any rooms or anything because they didn't want us to get germs Uh, we couldn't give people vacuums because the dust would spread something it was like just drop everything turn in your key and sign up for a time Um, because they didn't they didn't want people there all at once so they wanted us to sign up for time so we could like spread out and it was really crazy it felt like even before we knew we weren't coming back like we when I was leaving for spring break it just felt like a ghost town because you're getting the headlines from the news and yeah it was crazy And Katie, well, she's having a hard time adjusting to her parents lurking behind every door. I love my parents, but it's just kind of hard living in the same space. Um, Whereas I'm maybe doing homework and my mom will yell up to me, can you come unload the dishwasher? And I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) You got busted by your mom. Who just Uh, busted. Leave me alone, mom. (laughs) Just like that. That's really funny. That was one of my favorite parts of the whole of the whole thing. Right. Okay. So Katie's mom made that hilarious cameo, right? Um, but then, you know, Katie also took a turn for us. Katie has the most life-giving positivity. And she admitted to the group that she cries herself to sleep some nights. I'm not going to lie. I, I think I cried every night since I've been back. 
So that's been wow. difficult. Yep. Yep. But um, I'm like learning and seeking new opportunities in this time. And you know what was interesting? After Katie said that, and this is true of leaders, sometimes leaders just say something. And this is what happened. Everyone on the call, men, women, they were all nodding. And not because maybe they were literally crying, they're all crying themselves to sleep, but they understand the depths of the loss that they felt. That's right. But something I noticed was how all of these students are learning to adapt. And that reminds me of adaptive leaders. Adaptive leaders have an ability to process their experiences, to find meaning and integrate new ways of being and doing in the world. Linda, you studied this in your doctoral work, right? I did. I did. And the part I love about studying adaptive leadership is how the framework gives space to teams and people to act as living organisms, as human beings. I also love that there are no answers in the back of the book, you know, but we have to rely on each other to get through this pandemic and thrive. And you know what? I believe these young people will help us with our new normal Because right now, the only normal right now is the new normal, and we will be changed by this time in history. This is the season for the adaptive leaders to make their mark, the people that are learning new things and integrating those things. And these college-age young people are modeling what it means to grow up. I heard it most prominently in something Luis said. For me, it's been a lot more about being present for others and being present for mm. people that I haven't been in the past um, and using this opportunity to really um, hone in on the skill of like, I guess I have communication, but just like being there for, um, you know, my family and um, families and friends who are affected directly by this. Adaptive leaders also make the most of moments. They move from surviving to thriving. And I love what Camila said about how her strength of competition is helping her in these times. I think that my strength of competition, because um, I'm like making a game out of this quarantine. So I'm like, if I can stay inside, the longer I can stay inside, like the sooner I get to see my grandparents or like other family members. Or when I can finish my like online school by a certain time, then I can like go and have dinner or something like that. So I think that my competition is what's helping me through this. And they also seem to be really optimistic right now. If you do a quick Google search for the definition of the word optimism, you'll find that it means hopefulness and confidence about the future or the successful outcome of something. I love how that sounds, you know, but Nathan, I don't know who you've been talking to, but some of the adults that I've been talking to are far from optimistic oh, about the state. I know. It's rough. Of, it's right? rough. Right? But what I loved about the conversation with these youth is that they are looking for a silver lining. They're not ignoring the pain, but they're choosing to see these times adaptively, like as a forced reset or a slowing down or a time to refuel creativity. You know, Liam, who I adore, sees it as an opportunity to deepen relationships and really get to know people beneath the surface. I think that um, it's definitely taken people into a forced slow, um, slow, not low, um, into a slow. And um, I think it's just been an opportunity to actually like get to know them below the surface level, a little deeper level. Um, Yeah, so kind of relationally there. Luke shared something that I'm actually trying to do right now with my family, and it's to actually use this time like a reset. Yeah, I kind of feel for good and for bad, uh, 
for so many people that I've talked to, this time's just like a forced reset. I was only at home for two weeks and now I'm back up in the cities. But even during that time, it's um, kind of back to what Luis was saying about like new creative things that are going to be happening and like innovations and technology within businesses and that type of stuff. But I think that's also happening within families and relationships and just the way that life is functioning right now through Zoom. Like who knew? Like Zoom is everything right now. But just the ways that we interact with people looks different right now. And I think, um, yes, it's hard. And yes, there's a lot of difficult things in that. But I think there's innovation and good things that are going to come through this. And so many people are like, what? what is it going to be like when it comes back to normal? And I think it won't ever come back to normal in the same way. I think it'll be a new normal and it'll look totally different. And there were a lot more questions like that. My immediate feedback to this group was just how positive they all sounded. Perhaps that comes from, I don't know, like a youthful naivete, but none of them seem to be like playing the victim card here. They're using what's in front of them to go about their daily lives. Like, literally, Luis can't go to the gym anymore, so he's using whatever objects he happens to find in his apartment. It's been really hard for me to go directly from work to a gym. Um, so now I have I found myself, you know, finding objects in my apartment to um, kind of complement the you know workout routine that I would have. Um, so you know I'm just hammering away some curls with a bar stool instead of you know a, a normal barbell. Um, and I'm sure if somebody were to put a camera in my room and you know do a virtual TV show of me, they would think I'm crazy. I will grab a bar stool and just curl it, and then. I'll find like a backpack and I'll use all the textbooks and all the, you know, really heavy stuff, a pan, some sort of thing and put it, put it in the backpack and then put it in a hamper and then I'll just do like some sort of exercise. I, it's, it's had, it's been stimulating my creativity because I, there is no discipline after work anymore for me. It's like, wow, I, I have to create, I have to yep. find a new way to you know, create discipline in my schedule and in the things I do after work. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's funny. (laughs) And it's true. And it's pointing something. I think it's pointing to something larger. It's, it's another marker of adaptive leadership. Uh, uh, Adaptive leaders are meaning makers. I think all of us are are seeking to find meaning in different places. I, I think for some, it's through religion or spirituality, and for others, it's through family or community involvement. What I love about adaptive leadership is that it's an art, and it's an art of zooming in and zooming out. Zooming in, getting getting in there with people, really listening to them, engaging with them, and then stepping back and seeing what's happening in the context of, of changing times. And in that art of moving in and moving out, people are realizing what they hold most dear. And it's birthing creativity, innovation, and meaning. And here's how Liam and Savannah see this. have a a stack of books that I want to gain wisdom from some of these leaders who have gone before me. Um, And I guess that gives me a good optimism to use this time to create a new routine um, to then look forward to what will come in the fall time, potentially going back to Canada. It's really boiling things down 
and it's making people ask the questions that they don't want to ask or that they've been putting off. Mm. And so regardless of what that is, if it's religion or if it's monetary assets or whatever, people are forced to ask themselves that. But for me personally, what has given me optimism is being able to look at this time and say, what can I invest in right now that will affect my future? Because that almost, for me, it's, I'm a graphic design major and I can, this time right now is kind of funny because it's just kind of a common saying that boredom burns on creativity. And so when people are bored, they often create the most original things. They create the most. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's just funny because I find that with my strength of communication and then I have strategic as number six that I operate of, operate out of all the time. Um, it, um, both of those drinks work together so well because it allows me to communicate myself how I'm feeling, even if it's not people, which is how I'm wired. And mm-hmm. so art has been mm-hmm. an amazing outlet. And I would honestly encourage it for anybody because it helps you process things that you don't think that you want to process <laughs> or even writing things like that um i'm a big journaler massive journaler and so i've put in like six pages a day like writing about feelings i didn't think i had and it's just been um i don't know it's it's in a time of investment when we think that things are being taken out from under us we have the opportunity to not be a victim and we can actually push back and say actually this is going to be a really amazing time for me because what i did during quarantine affects my future now The reality is that none of us know what to do right now, what is to come, or how we'll get through this. I was just telling a friend recently that if you tell someone to go do something for a set amount of time, like go run, I don't know, 10 miles, well, they can probably do it. But if you go tell them to do the same thing indefinitely, like just go run until I tell you to stop with no end, that's going to be impossible. So right now, when we don't know how long this will last or what the world will look like, we simply need to lean into every moment, make the most of every day, and plan to come out on the other side better than when we went into this thing. I think Brian sums it up best when he finished our call by encouraging them this way. Lean into the moment of change that's affecting you right now. Um, You do have more control over this than you really understand. Because you're not just adapting to the change now, you're shaping the way you're going to influence later, the way you're going to show up, the way you're going to speak to people. There's going to be an intensity there that wouldn't have been there without this pandemic. And there'll be a compassion and an empathy to you too that wouldn't have happened without this. There'll be hundreds and thousands of people that will be influenced by your life because you went through this successfully. And because you went through it with a vision of what's happening now, and a vision of what's going to happen in in the future. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Vision Podcast, where we share our expertise in the discovery, practice, and implementation of a strengths-based approach to people, teams, and culture. For more resources about developing your strengths, the strengths of your team, or the strengths of your entire organization, visit us on the web at leadershipvisionconsulting.com. If you found value from this episode, we'd appreciate it if you would subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and a host of others. Please share this podcast and our other resources with anyone you think would benefit from going deeper into our strengths-based approach to individual, team, and organizational development. I'm Nathan Freeberg. And I'm Linda Schubring. And on behalf of our entire team, thanks thanks for for listening. listening.